let the passion that brought you to the path in the first place come up again. The relevant events and conditions that made you seek out a solution, an ultimate solution. Stir them in your mind so that you have now a strong determination. And let the strength of this determination make your body become conducive to meditation. Let it make your breath become conducive to meditation. And let it make the other parts, the other functions of the mind become conducive to meditation. Holding strongly to this determination Go into the body with it. So the legs are con- conducive to meditation. Shoulders let go. The back firm, comfortable, straight. Head and neck centered so no conscious effort is being applied to hold any part of the posture in place and the sense of ease that you are now beginning to become aware of is your engaged is telling you that you are approaching meditative state as though it is your vehicle, your vessel rest the mind in it and let it take you to deep levels of meditation mouth, teeth, tongue not clench, not too loose Eyes open, closed, or half open. Whichever is conducive for you, that's the one you adopt. Your only concern is am I aware of out breath when there is out breath at the moment of out breath? Am I aware of in-breath while there is in-breath? At the moment of in-breath. And it doesn't matter what else may be present in the mind. They're not your concern. Whether they may be called distractions, don't try to do anything about them. No need to control the breath. No need to force the mind to focus on the breath. To whatever degree you are aware of the breath, that is exactly where you are supposed to be. Staying aware of the breath in this way 
You want to make sure that the posture will be conducive to meditation. That is, you don't want any discomfort. Right at the moment, you may be about to have a breakthrough. You want the body to be truly comfortable, as comfortable as you can make it, as stable as you can make it. So you don't have to be concerned with the body at all. So adjust, make adjustments. If you as you check and make adjustments, you can just check with am I consciously am I applying any conscious effort to keep this part of the body where it is. If there are any conscious efforts being applied, then you need to relax more. You need to place the posture or that part of the body in a more stable place. And just checking for this stability and comfort in the posture. After a while you feel a sense of confidence is as comfortable and as conducive to meditation as you can make it. This sense of confidence will ease your mind, free it from certain obstacles related to the body. It would actually help you get to deeper levels of meditation. the sense of ease that you started to be aware of in the body itself and in even rhythm. Don't try to force it to reach there. Just look at it. If it's not there yet, doesn't mean you have you are failing. It just means it's not there yet. Just know that you're breathing out. Breathing in, just know you are breathing in. And watch the continuity of awareness. Endeavor to keep it unbroken, following 21 cycles of breath.
why you want to meditate on that particular topic. What is your immediate goal? What is your ultimate goal? And how will you succeed while doing this focus in the space in front of you about a frustrations or an arm's length distance at the level of your eyebrows space, feel the presence of the very means through which you will succeed, your teacher, the very goal that you aspire to achieve itself. Appearing in a form made entirely of light, and as you review that this is the means through which you will achieve your goal, Somewhere within you, there may be a spark, and while you're more holding on to that measure of conviction, show your reverence in your mind prostrate. Know what you're about to meditate on, the dangers the realizations you seek and take refuge Show your gratitude, make offerings. your conscience through admitting your faults, the actions committed under their influence, knowing how powerless you are under the influence of your habits, turn to the three jewels for protection, for guidance and strength. make a promise to restrain in the future and think of something to do to make up 
refine your mind further for meditation through rejoicing, letting your mind take great joy in all measures of goodness, merit which are being collected, merit which has already been collected. your heart embrace them with compassion and love and holding them in this embrace turn your mind to the teacher and feel through the teacher connected to all enlightened beings with this connection make the request beg them to please teach turn the wheel of the Dharma Show sentient beings how to truly end their pain, how to find true happiness, and beg them to stay in the company of sentient beings until sentient beings are truly free, truly happy. Again, stir up that determination from the very beginning about the purpose of your meditation. Be clear, as clear as you can, about the meditation that you're about to do. You're going to meditate on wisdom, and there's a reason for meditating on wisdom. That is for you. And know that what you've done so far was specifically to help you succeed in this endeavor. So dedicate the merits of these preliminaries to help you succeed in this. Bring the teacher to the crown of your head and know that the very embodiment of the wisdom you seek is above your head. Feel the rays emanating from the bright form above your head, filling you, purifying you. Filling you with the 
realizations that you seek. teacher to come to your heart, aspiring to become inseparable with the teacher. And keep ascribing to that form, it is the very realization you seek, now becoming one with your mind. And see and feel that form of the teacher, having dissolved into a point of light, descending, approaching, finding your mind at your heart center, and becoming inseparable with your mind. Either the realizations of the teacher, or now your realizations, or your mind itself is one with the realization you seek. back
you. And I would like to go over what is the turkey? What does it find? Okay. So remember the cup, there it is, and we were look, looking for the cup, nothing but the cup, and what we came up with. So the ult- what that ultimate perception that we ended up with, in that ultimate perception, where is the cup, nothing but the cup? There is no cup, nothing but the cup. Okay. So in emptiness, when you're in that direct perception of that ultimate reality, ultimate nature of that phenomenon that you are examining, that's what you, you will find that there is none of that. Okay. That phenomenon doesn't exist there. And that's why it says that therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, <coughs> there is no form. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean like while you are doing the meditation on, uh, on the cup and then you end up saying, oh, there is no uh, Maria. You weren't looking for Maria. Okay. So while you are doing meditation in of uh, uh, meditation on the ultimate nature of the cup, you find that there is no cup. In that emptiness, there is no cup. Okay. And when it gives the list of the other things, there is no form, there is no feeling, there is no thought. It's not necessarily saying that in that emptiness, there is no other. You don't find that thing and nothing but that thing. And it gives the list, beautiful list, all the way to there is no acquisition of knowledge. There are other translations say there is no attainment of knowledge. Or, and, and then it ends with there is no non-attainment. And these two, you have to understand going back again to when we were analyzing the cup. Right? When we were looking for the cup and nothing but the cup, we, were, we, kept, we kept running into no cups or things which were not cups. Okay, by themselves. Like handle itself is not cup, color itself is not cup, but these are the things that you are running into when you are looking for cup. Okay? And then when it says no attainment and no non-attainment, it's telling you if you want cup, it's all those things which are not cup that gives you cup. If you want attainment, there are things that you have to bring together which are themselves not attainment that will give you the appearance of, ah, oh, now I have attained knowledge. And then the condition where you find yourself, well, to make it uh, colorful, stupid, to make yourself, <laughs> where you find yourself ignorant, oh, I'm stupid, I don't know the ultimate nature of things, that very condition itself has its causes and conditions. Okay? And it's because of those things which are not ultimately stupid, having gathered together, that's why you have the manifestation of and this is to also uh, uh, to tell you that it's not just a matter of not doing anything and all of a sudden you find yourself into your you find yourself in your true nature and your and then you discover that oh you were you were pure from the very beginning and now you're back to being pure again or you, all you have to do is just do nothing no you're already pure you're already beautiful just don't do nothing and eventually it will come up. It's telling you, this is telling you, no. The condition of having achieved enlightenment comes from gathering things together. 
and the condition of not being enlightened comes from having gathered conditions together. The result of, of one thing is that you end up with the result of being stupid. And the result of the other is that you end up with the result of being enlightened. So being enlightened, being not enlightened, they are the same in the sense that they are mere results. Okay? And also, to let, you, uh, to let you know that the state where you find yourself not enlightened, it's not something that is imposed upon you. It's not imposed upon you not being enlightened. Oh, I'm not enlightened. I'm Shakyamuni is enlightened. What's so special about him? How come he got enlightened and I didn't? You know, <laughs> and Buddha Amitabha, you know, I mean, okay, well, I mean, he's been enlightened for so many eons. I mean, I'm gathering the collections, the, those conditions that makes me not into Tara, that makes me not into Shakyamuni. And then nothing, no, no power in the universe can say, okay, I'm sick and tired of looking at you, you're, you, you know, no. you, you're unenlightened samsaric being, it's ugly to look at, but become a Buddha, please, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you a little Buddha. <laughs> Take it. Stop, <coughs> being, stop uh, looking uh, samsaric. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. I wish it did. <laughs> so no, you don't feel like doing it, you don't want to do anything. <laughs> okay, so it means even when you decide not to do something, you're going to get a result. So, since you're going to get a result anyway, <laughs> you might as well try to get a result that you want. Okay? And, and as far as I know, this samsara condition, so far I've not met someone who likes it. Okay? Some people think it's nice, but they're completely deluded because sooner or later they say, oh yeah. Yeah, I see what you meant. (laughs) 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 So so that's one of the things I find uh, to be, to derive from this in emptiness, there is no form, there is no that, which is more practical. Of course, there is a beautiful, uh, more scholastic, more philosophical thing that you can derive from this about. It's it's talking about, so what is emptiness? Emptiness is uh, ultimate, in emptiness, in the ultimate, what do you find there? No form. Or maybe there's feeling. Oh, no feeling. Ah, there must be thought, because everything is my mind. <laughs> no thought. What else is in emptiness? What, is, what else is in the ultimate? There is not a thing, there is not a positive phenomena that you can find in the ultimate. That's what the ultimate means. Ultimately, when you look when you look at something, at anything, you cannot find it. That's what ultimately means. If you could find something ultimately, you would have discovered what, has, what no Buddha has been able to, to find. You have found the inherently existent object. Okay. Since even Buddha Amitabha has been a Buddha since, I don't know, a, a few quadrillion eons, and I'm sure <laughs> Since that time, he hasn't found an ultimately existent object, so you would have beaten Amitabha Buddha, okay, if you have found such an object. Okay. Now, and also it tells you, and this is the, the philosophical thing to be drawn from this, is the, the, to make a comparison between what is conventional, what is ultimate. Okay. Uh, emptiness, and they say that's the ultimate, and they're not really pointing to something. Remember that. 
and uh, it's like uh, the Buddha says, give give a, a discourse, the process or the end result after an analysis. What kind of analysis? Looking for something ultimately. Okay. So when when you have confidence in this, it will it will spur you to action. It will spur you to know that ah, this condition that I that I find myself in, I find myself in. If I don't like it, it is simply the gathering. It is simply a result of different things coming together, and those different things coming together, I can remove them. And a condition that I wish to be in, I can just start gathering those things that would bring about that 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 condition that I want. And because your conviction is such, it doesn't matter if it takes a day, <laughs> a whole day, 24 hours. It doesn't matter if it takes that. It doesn't matter if it takes a week. It doesn't matter if it takes a month. It doesn't matter if it takes a few years. Because your conviction is that, ah, I have not yet gathered the sufficiently the, the things that will, when, when they come together, that will, that will bring the result or the appearance of not, not being suffering or being a being that is uh, uh, in bliss or, or, or not well that was trying to say positive nice thing content content that's a nice one right there okay try to put since there is no acquisition that is since there is no getting enlightened that is what does that mean since there is no getting enlightened what does that mean yeah, there's no inherently getting enlightened. That is, there is no enlightened that is unenlightened which are without being some a mere result of having collected all the conditions that brings about enlightenment. That's what it means. Okay? So since there, since there is no acquisition, bodhisattvas abide in reliance on transcendental wisdom. Having no mental object, I have no idea what that means, having no mental object. Let me go back to the Tibetan. You forgot the Tibetan here. Ah, similar jiva matching. Oh, it's to be similar jiva matching. Uh. The transcending has no mental object. I don't know why. Well, it means since there are no obscuration mm. to the mind. Okay. And since there is, of not being enlightened is not something that I'm stuck with. Because I understand that, I'm going to make efforts. Okay. And why? Because the obscurations that I'm, the mental obscuration that I'm experiencing, they are not themselves inherently existent. They are simply a result of having those things which manifest as mental obscuration, they have been collected. It did not, it's not the very nature of my mind to be obscured. It's not the very nature of my mind to be stupid. Okay? And, beca and because they have that, then they are not afraid. They, have, they are without fear. And having 
ultimately transcended erroneous views, they acquire ultimate nirvana. Okay. And then it, it doesn't it doesn't show you here that you no, know, they spend countless after doing that, they spend countless eons <laughs> working, gathering those things that brings about enlightenment, and then they achieve enlightenment. It just says, well, why do you need to know that for? <laughs> Once you have that conviction, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Just do it. <coughs> because either you're going to be stupid and suffering, or you're going to not be stupid and suffering. And it's up to you. Nobody's going to force one <coughs> or the other upon you. Okay. So, in gathering those, the collection of things that uh, produce enlightenment, since that is also... It's uh, behavior mental training and uh, I guess what you could, might call knowledge of the acquisition of knowledge it's basically those three things and depending on how you apply how you involve yourself with these things they will bring about different results okay so because the, none of these are inherently existent they don't have any uh, uh, and this is where I, okay now I have minus one minute that's good this is what <laughs> uh, I'm afraid to go into. Okay, now let's look at this. The, 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 at first, there was a sense of, of a me or a self that is something other than what just merely appears. Okay? Then when you look at what merely appears, that sense of self that it seems to be other than that, you cannot find it. So you say, ah, that sense of self comes from those things. Okay, but you, you have the understanding that sense of self itself is not substantial. It's not it. Does, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a, a, a essence of its own. But those things which are producing it, your mind uh, quickly grab onto them and say, because they because those things have essence, that's why they can produce this illusion of a self. Just like although the mirage of of a of a What's it, what they call it, a marge of a, of a lake? Oasis. Oasis. Although that region, they are substantial. That's the first school. <laughs> then comes the second school. Uh, but those, those things in themselves are dependent, are dependent things. There are, there are things that also come into, uh, arise, that arise because of uh, of things coming together, okay, and then the, the instead of uh, looking at the gross things that bring about that uh, the sense of self, now they look at those things and they say, if if it functions, if it functions, then it must exist substantially. There must be some substantial thing that allows them to function. Okay. They stop there. And then comes, uh, well, it's not really, and then comes, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the historical and then come. Okay. Uh, the historical and then comes, look, keeps looking at those things and cannot find any essence, any substantial. Because when you look at uh, the parts that makes up the thing, and you look at the elements that make up the thing, whatever the mind is looking at, 
whatever the mind is examining, it cannot find that wholeness is a mere concept. Okay. So, the me is a mere concept based upon the, the, the parts that make up a me, the body, the mind. And when you look at the now when the mind when the, when you look at the body, you see that you cannot find body. So you say the term body is also a mere concept thrown upon the different parts that make up the body, and also the the, the mind is a mere concept that a term that you apply to things that make up mind. Since and if you keep going, what you're going to end up is a mere concept. You probably won't guess which school was that, but if no, this is my Janika. <laughs> and now, here's the other school historically. After that, they say, wait a minute, since since you are only coming up with concept, then it must be that substantially things are just concepts. Substantially, things are mere consciousness. Okay. Because it seems like you always come up with just concepts. No matter what you're examining, the wholeness is just a concept. So you can't, you can't seem to or finally find something. <laughs> but the thing is, the, the, the supposedly highest school says you cannot find an essence. Not mental essence, nor physical essence. It's just the way things are. They, are. they have no essence. But the mind wants to find an essence. Just like from the very beginning, when we say whether the me is, uh, is not an essence, but those things which are making the me have essence. Uh, essence. The mind, it's the habit of the mind to quickly grab onto an essence. Because it, can, it, 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 it thinks that it will go out of existence, it will go crazy if, if, there, if there are no essences to go, grab onto. That's why it says, when the Bodhisattva truly understands this, the Bodhisattva is without fear. Because there is fear that comes up. When you come to realize there's no essence, there's no essence whatsoever to grab onto. Because for countless eons, for since meaningless time, you were, we have been and we are convinced that there's an essence somewhere to be found. And for us, reality makes sense only because there, there is essence somewhere. And finally, all of a sudden, you're about to find, you think you're really going to find the essence, you cannot find it anywhere. If that doesn't freak you out, you're not really looking at it. You're not really looking. Okay? And all is called the patience acceptance. Okay? You accept it patiently. There's no essence. That's just it. <laughs> All the things which exist, all those awful things, all those wonderful things—that's how that's how it, that's how it's always been. Now, you, now you're discovering it, and the fear goes away. But the fear was there before because you were you were convinced somewhere within you, you are, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna find the essence. I'm getting close. I'm gonna find the essence. And when you when you think, I'm <laughs> there it is. There's the essence right there. And then you look, and there's no essence. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell a story in the reverse. You think it's a rope? <laughs> you think it's a rope? 
and you're playing around, it's a rope, and you, you know, it's a rope, it's a rope. And then when you really look, it's a snake. <laughs> 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 then you freak out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, it's like nice telling it the, the opposite way, because um, it's more fun that way. <laughs> Okay, all right, so <laughs> what's the use of all this talk? How do you apply it in your life to deal with the things that you're forced to deal with? It's, it's no magic. By, by it's no magic, I mean it's magical what happens, but it's not something other than just what we just, we just talked about. You have a proper conviction that there is an essence to put you into. And when you are free of that pr- imprisonment, then, well, I'm not going to tell you what happens. Go find out. <laughs> okay? Then you know if it worked or not. Okay? Uh, I saw emptiness and, I don't know, still the same. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you what, go complain to the Buddha, okay? <laughs> All right. And I cannot tell you uh, more than once, or I cannot tell you, what, how does that question go? I cannot tell you too much? Enough. I cannot tell you enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? That's all? I think so. Oh, I don't know, it seems to be something uh, more. <laughs> I cannot tell you enough. Meditation on emptiness is not looking for nothing. Don't start the meditation looking for the void, okay? get married with the void, blending with the void. That's not the meditation on emptiness. It's looking for essence. Okay? And you can only get freaked out if you when you when you don't find it. Okay? If you're only looking for the void, okay, what's the void? And you and you and you're gonna you're probably gonna find a lot of voids. <laughs> I don't do this anymore. <laughs> I saw something I didn't want to see. I mean, like I saw nothing that I shouldn't want to see. And I say, yeah. <laughs> You're doing it right. <laughs> okay. So to quickly get back to that, or close to that meditative state, just have as clear of a memory of that state as you can, and that, let that memory be so clear, so vivid, that it infuses your present state, actually inf- will influence your body, making it calm, at ease, it will influence your breath, Making it calm and unease. It will influence the mind, making it calm and at ease. And we call that you, the very goal that you are seeking, the realization that you seek, became one.
let's bring our mind to the meditative state that is conducive for your analysis. So look in the room and find a sense of peace that is in the room. Just by thinking of how the room is absent of noise from outside, traffic, and finding that sense of peace there, that calmness, and hold on to it and look for the same in the floor. The floor is empty, absent of walls, ceiling, furniture. The space between you and the floor absent of consciousness itself. There is no space, no floor, no room, no outside. And that makes your mind even calmer. nothing, no thing whatsoever. In no thing there is no consciousness. There is no space, no floor, no room, no outside. is a concept. Let the mind simply rest, not conceptualizing, not not conceptualizing, just truly being lazy. In that laziness there is no concepting, conceptualizing of space, nothing, no consciousness, No space, no floor, no room. From within this mental space, this mental state, think about the you that you identify with, the you that you wish you were not experiencing. Try to bring its sense of realness, substantialness. That it really substantially exists, that sense. A sense of being that and nothing but that. holding the hand of the part of your mind that is convinced of his existence and looking for it, truly.
staying aware of the breath, slowly become aware of the body. Start with the top of the head, slowly move towards your toes. I didn't quite answer your question, but we'll address it next time. <laughs> okay.